Hey everybody, welcome to the Padraplegics Podcast, episode 3. I am your host extraordinaire for the evening. I am Sean Dallas Hall. Along with me is Mr. Don Price, Mr. Eric Kenning, and the lovely Nina. We are sponsored by the Arizona Spinal Cord Injury Association. That is azspinal.org. At any time, you can go check them out. You can find them on the web at azspinal.org. You can call them at 602-507-4209. You can find this podcast on YouTube if you search Padraplegic Podcast. You can go to azspinal.org forward slash podcast. We're also on Facebook. That is Arizona Spinal Cord Injury Friends. You can also find this on Spotify and iTunes. So please check it out. Please give us likes. Please give us comments. Please share. Please subscribe. It would only help us help you and keep this podcast going as long as we possibly can. Together, me, Don, and Eric have over 100 years living, 100 plus years living with disabilities. We are not medical professionals. I repeat, we are not medical professionals. So if you are having medical issues, please contact your doctor or call 911. Also, I would tell you there will be probably, from me, mature language and content. I don't know about these other guys. There will be. Probably from me. <laughs> well, you don't like to talk about butts. I mean, yeah. You know. <laughs> so there will be some mature language and content. So please don't sue us for anything we say or do. These are strictly our opinions, our life experience, and we hope to share them with you and hope that it helps you in your journey through your disability. Yeah. I think now is when the time we flip back over here to Eric and we do a little bit of news. Beep boop. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. Hold on one second. Beep boop. Nerd alert. Nerd alert. <laughs> Beep boop. <laughs> so. <laughs> that was great. Here's a little bit of news. Um, first of all, um, did you guys know that in January there was a federal law passed um, that only trained support dogs are now able to go on flights. No more peacocks, crocodiles, turkeys, ducks, parakeets, miniature horses, or uh, reptiles, ferrets, snakes, none of that stuff. Birds. Yep, People yep, birds, birds, cockatoos, any of that stuff, parakeets. Yeah, it's all, it's all done. The vacation is over, people. It's only dogs only. And uh, that includes cats. No cats. And I can understand that because cats are kind of wonky, you know? Look, I, I, I mean, I, I love this. I love it. I think that it's something that should be reserved for the individuals who need those kind of things. It's not just a way to get a free flight for your animal. Well, I don't know. I mean, what about rats? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> No. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying half. I'm not buying any of. I've been on planes, many of planes where I've seen people who have their dog in a red vest, and they think that that's considered a, you know, a a supporter or service animal, and it's not. A supporter service animal is trained to do a job and trained to help an individual. It is not just a way for you. To bring your dog with you and not have to pay for them to be either in the cargo or have a seat. So thank you for whoever passed that legislation because it was needed. 
it was a system that was being abused, and now I'm very thankful for that. Thank you, Mr. Kenny. Yep, yep, not a problem. Um, in fact, you know, I was on a plane, uh, the last time I was on a plane, uh, they had a service dog on there. Beautiful experience. I mean, the, the, the dog was on the floor the whole time, didn't make a m- mess or a fuss or anything like that. Very well trained. Very and and it was a service a serviceman who needed that dog there. You know, I mean, obviously there was some past experience of something going on. Sure. Yeah. And when so, they are truly needed, there's nothing better. Yeah. But like uh, Sean said, the system was being abused badly, and oh, uh, yeah, people yeah. were using it as an excuse to yeah. hitch a free ride for Fido or. Some poorly behaved animal. Well, look, I mean, if you don't do it, it's going to cost you like $150 or something like that or even more to to take your dog with you. So a lot of people are just going and, and they have websites for the stuff that you can go and just spend $15 and you get a kit sent to your house and that's it. And then yeah. you pass them off as it. But really, you should be providing a doctor-specific letter with you when you go to these places. Um do we know if there's any certification required that you have to present to the airline? Or well, a lot of times they don't make they didn't make you present it because all you had to do was have that red vest with the badge. I think and now they are starting to where you have to. So I mean, I know I have one that I carry with me every time I go on vacation for for yeah. Teddy um, when when he's with me. You're, you're his support animal? Yeah, I'm his support <laughs> for sure. You wear the vest? <laughs> Sample that yeah. one right there, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, that's, it, it's true. Though, it's, it's overused. It, it's being abused. It's quite like the, uh, the, you know, the disabled placards nowadays. Um, it, oh. it was really just getting hammer time abused, and I'm glad somebody finally stepped in and took control of that situation. You know, the miniature horse, though, that would have just been fun to see. I'm just saying. I would slap the shit out of that person. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I started early on that one. Yeah. It's, it's one of those kind of days for me on everybody, so get ready. Yeah, prepare yourself. Yeah. Gird your loins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we can talk more about that. We can we can move into disabled placards if you want to, or you want to go f- to your next. Do you have a new, another another news one? or? Uh, yeah. Uh, this is a recent one, actually. Um and the last one is from January. This one's uh, recent here in February. Um, so there was an article about a gentleman who has diabetes, lost his leg, and he lives in Oklahoma in Storm Alley. And one of the concerns is that the shelters um, are not accessible. And it shows a picture of, like, you know, their Wizard of Oz doors opening up and then their stairs going down. And, I mean... How do, you, how do you get a power chair? How do you get any chair through that? You know, I mean, if you gotta if you gotta drop ten feet, you know, how does that work? And so one of the things that would happen is this this guy was like, hey, I just have to stay home and hope for the best. You know, it's like, do they really have to? I mean, really? I mean, you think of all the the elderly out there. You think of you think of all the people who have limitations in their movement, and there's a lot of them. It's it's not just like, you know. There's a lot of people out there that have difficulty moving around. And to not be able to go down the stairs, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's Darwinism at its worst, actually. The fact that we even have to talk about this and it's 2020 is just infuriating to me. Yep, yep. We shouldn't even have this conversation. Infuriating. 
So well, I mean, that's just one small example of a much larger problem. Yep. I'm think about high rise buildings. You know, if there's oh, a yeah. fire, the elevators are shut down. How does somebody how does somebody in a power chair get out? They cook. You know, you yeah, know I mean you have your area of refuge or whatever they call it, but so there's a lot of things that we have to worry about that most people don't. I was in Long Island, New York, and uh, for a competition. And um, wait a second, you competed in something? Uh, swimming, yes. Uh-oh. Yeah, national, national, <laughs> international, world magic conference, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> tournament. Nerd alert! Nerd alert! Um, yeah, you know. <laughs> Sorry, bro. You <laughs> yeah. left that one out there. Man, you you the left bus. that one up. I yeah. had to smack that one up. Hanging there. curve. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, what happened was there was a bunch of people staying in a, in a high in a, like a dorm, a high rise dorm, um, for the competition, and someone pulled the fire alarm, and I people competitors, caregivers, they got seriously injured. Tried to get those people out. Uh, they got seriously injured. Some people got some major back problems just trying to move the individuals because the elevator shut down <laughs> when you do that stuff. And so it's you got to figure a way how to lower these people down the steps. And it's it's like a sled. You know, they use this sled device, and, and they didn't even have it at that time. It was a, just a mess. And so a lot of people really got seriously injured just trying to get out of that building. Yeah, you know, I remember the the story of nine eleven that they told of the guy that was in the chair when he was up in the in the I don't know fifteenth yeah. or twentieth twentieth. I know story. the story. I know I know who you're talking about. Yeah, and and they his buddy they couldn't get out. His, his buddy, buddy stayed, stayed with, with him. him. His the the buddy's name was uh, Abraham Zalmanowitz, and I know that because every year when they come around with the nine eleven memorial, I track down his flag and. And just kind of salute it because I think him staying with his buddy was kind of the ultimate sacrifice. For you know? sure. Yeah. Heck yeah, that was. Damn. And and again, I I I'm circ- I circle back to the fact that, you know, this is this is a an ongoing problem for individuals with disabilities. It's 2020, and yet we still are being overlooked and every aspect of of government overlooked in every aspect of any help through all these situations and and it seems like it's okay for me if it was any other segment of human beings there would be a much greater push for this and and it would be an outrage right i mean you just imagine if there was a restaurant that said hey no you know no mexicans allowed yeah right I mean, technically, if you have stairs going into your restaurant, you're saying no people in chairs allowed. It's true. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, I, I mean, you hate to put it in that kind of words and in that kind of frame, right? But it's it's kind of the same thing. And and it, it's very unfair. It's very infuriating to me. Um, and I guess that's part of the reason why we're trying to do something like this. What we're doing is to try to raise awareness for these these issues to, to bring about some change if possible. Um you know, I mean, I I don't know what to do about it. I'm not I'm not anything about a government. I don't know any, anything about legislation or any of that stuff. But I know that I can at least say that it pisses me off. And hopefully, somebody listens. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, it is my hope that uh, this this uh, program 
um, helps to unite people in, in a way to allow a common understanding and support. You know, I mean, you know, we, we ha- we're three people, four people with Nina, and, you know, we have a lot of knowledge to work with. Um, and we're going to have guests on here, too. I mean, that's just going to happen. I mean, we're going we're gonna to bring people in. And, you know, I want people to have a voice again because it seems like, you know, back in the day when the ADA was passed, I mean, people were on the phone. They were taking down phone lines because they were calling so much. They were working as a group, as an activist group. They had they, they attacked the situation from multiple sides. You know, it was it was very coordinated. And, you know, it'd be nice to get something like that again to where as a community we say, hey, this isn't done. We need to we need to stand up for ourselves metaphorically, of course, um, but we need to stand up for ourselves, you know, and, and, and that's the hope I have with this podcast and raising awareness is having a centralized location for people and where they can say, OK, you yeah, we got to. We got to do something about this, and and I'm not saying I want to be an activist, but I am saying that maybe we can, maybe hopefully someday we can get a decent enough crowd to where we can, I don't know, we could try to make something happen. I'm with you. I know that there are good people out there doing good things. Yep. You know that that are pushing these things and and trying to work for through legislation and try to make it a more uh, disabled friendly world I guess um, but it, it's just not enough I just don't hear about it enough you know and, and I feel like it everything's moving so slowly you know I feel like we're falling behind other countries in the in the in these in this way and, and it, it's just it's not a good look for America overall I mean even with you know you with 2020 being an election year I've watched every every democratic debate so far and I haven't heard them say a single word about anybody with disabilities. Not one time. Um, how yeah. are we not? How are we not considered in this? You know, in, in this spectrum, or and why? Why do our our concerns not matter? Yeah, we're a huge voting block. The problem is we we are not united. We have to find a way to to let people with disabilities know. If we band together, we can get things done. Yep. But right now we're just pretty segmented. Um, I will say, just today I got an email from Jennifer Longden, who is a state um, representative, or a, I think she's in the House, and she is a person with a spinal cord injury, and we should have her on the show. I agree. But yeah, she is starting a disability coalition, so she wants everybody with a disability to join her so that we have the power of numbers to get things done. And uh, I know she would come in and talk, so... Jennifer, if you're out there, well, we'd love to have you on. Absolutely. Oh yeah, and yeah. Let's. Uh, I mean, having that coalition, man, uh, that that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Yeah. Awesome. What are we moving on to next? Um. Okay. So let's see. Dude, dude, dude. Um. I got one other article. Um. They're using robotic exoskeletons to help people with MS to move around. So I guess when you have MS, the more you use your limbs, the more you, um, you know. When you use your muscles, especially if you're doing a lot with your muscles, you tend to tear the fibers in your muscles, and normally you would heal back up and your muscles would gain more strength. For people who have MS, you 
injure that muscle or you strain that muscle and it doesn't go back. And so, um, so they have robotic exoskeletons to help people with MS move around now. So individually powered and all that good stuff. Um, I have heard um, places like uh, Germany, they're experimenting. They have some, they're having some success for counteracting um, MS. So um, that's may, good. Yeah, you may want to check it out on the internet, just in Germany, and check out MS. And you know, there I I saw some success, but I I couldn't tell you exactly where at this point. Yeah, and I believe we talked about this a little bit on our first show. Um, I think I went on a we little did, tangent yeah. about it, to be honest. With you. <laughs> <laughs> I think I well, we all agreed during that one too. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, look. God bless you if you if the if that's what you want to do if that's something that works for you and and it, it enhances your life it makes your life better I'm all for it yeah and and even with the um, the stem cell you know there are some articles out there where people have gotten movement back and yeah well they just know. they just did a thing at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota um, and they had ten guy ten people um, and one of the ten people they had a clinical trial the doctor was from uh detroit uh and and one of the 10 people is now walking again so he was a c4 c5 quadriplegic so i mean look they've been doing it in other countries you know there's columbia you can go get it done you can get that stuff done you can go get that stuff done in france i believe in the netherlands uh, multiple other different places uh but for some reason you know, I mean, I could probably speculate in the fact that they just haven't figured out a way to make money from it yet here, so it's not legal. Oh, Mr. Cynical over yeah. here. Yeah, <laughs> hey, man. Look, they haven't well, found I, a I, drug company that could figure out how to how how an insurance company is going to pay them a hundred thousand dollars per shot. Right. So until I, that happens, I think the FDA plays a big role as well. They, you know, they don't they allow anything. Too, to, yeah. <laughs> to come come to market unless it's been tested and over tested and tested again, except um, I think they're starting to do some some trials with stem cells now yeah. in the states. Yeah, that's in what fact, I was just in saying. Scottsdale, the one in yeah. Minneapolis. There's there's some in Scottsdale. Yeah, there's a Scottsdale one too, and they do different stem cell stuff. Uh, but it's those are I, I think we would have we really have to bring an expert in on this one. But there there's different types of stem cells, right? I mean, so like. Only certain sets of stem cells are, are able to be used in the United States, yeah. whereas like the more potent uh, fetus ones come right yeah. from the fetus. And, the, and and there's ones that like stem cells uh, have DNA markers right. on them, and uh, if you if you uh, they have a process of taking it from like the the first couple layers of the placenta. And then that it doesn't have any DNA markers, so it just becomes stem cells without DNA, and those are really really good be, um, for this because you're not inheriting anything from the DNA that's going to change your DNA. So if there's some sort of, you know, you never know, someone's DNA could be carrying all kinds of stuff. So, Absolutely. You know, you could you could inherit some things that you didn't want to inherit. Although, you know, if I became super intelligent, I think I would enjoy that. <laughs> there's well, a lot. There's, there's, a, there's many, many roads you could take that down. Yeah, yeah. And again, and again, we're not medical professionals. But right. so the question that I have when it comes to all that stuff is, how do you know 
what caused the recovery, you know? If left untreated, would they have still regained function? Right. Or is it the stem cells? You know, you don't really have a way to do a double-blind study because you don't have two exact injuries, and you won't be medically unethical to not treat one and treat the other one. So, I mean, it's a question that I've always had about these studies. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, it's, that's a deep one. Yeah, I do. Yeah, because you... Are <laughs> we getting a nerd alert for that? No, I, okay, you no. can. <laughs> nerd alert, nerd alert. I just, that, was, that, was, that was a very a, a very deep question that if you really wanted to go down into, you got to kind of really start thinking outside the box of different yeah. things, you know. that I'm not prepared to do that today. No. <laughs> I, I can tell you that uh, I've had my injury for... I mean, I'm 50 now, so... Um, but I can tell you that I've gradually gotten better in some respects. Not totally, but my spasms are less. I have my feelings a little better. Every once in a while, something will turn on that hadn't ever turned on before. So it's, but again, it's been 50 years. So you would think my system would be a little faster than that for healing. But I think it really is, you know, it can be very slow. You know, you got your spinal shock, which could last year you know or whatever and then after you after the swelling goes down then you know that's that's when people you know start making some gain and or at least that's what i've seen yeah you know so i don't know and again i'm not a medical professional (laughs) um you know i'm not i'm not the amazing kriskin i'm not going to tell you what what's going to happen here well that well i was going to say that might be a good segue to to get into talking about our own disabilities, because we really haven't addressed that in previous shows. So okay. I'm curious, you know, Fire Sean, up, how did you get injured? You fight. You want to <laughs> start us out? Well, I'll start it off. Sure. Yeah. You know, I um, I have wait, a. Wait a minute. Can I have this memory segment real quick? Hold on. Ooh. Wow. As Don moves back into <laughs> the annals of time. Do you mean the annals of time? That's <laughs> what I meant. The annals. <laughs> I'm not going there. Um, <laughs> so if I, can, if I can regain my composure here, um, my in- injuries at a C5. Um, I was injured in a diving accident when I was 18 years old in Wisconsin. A uh, bunch of us uh, high school friends, we went out to the local swimming hole, and all everybody ran from the car. Everybody dove into the lake, and I just happened to dive a little too deep because uh, I didn't realize there was a sandbar there. Um, hit my head on the bottom and immediately was unable to move and floated face down, holding my breath, and realizing immediately what had happened to me. I mean, I knew. And um, I just just held on for one of my friends who finally saw that I wasn't moving and flipped me over and saved my life. And uh, from that point on, I was rushed to a hospital in Milwaukee, and uh, back this this was in the early '80s, so the whole rehab scene was very different from what it is now. They just give you a bunch of cocaine when you get in there. <laughs> yeah. As soon as you showed up, they just lined a bunch of cocaine yep, up. Yep. And was like, Here you go, this. bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty much, yeah. I, uh, I did uh, traction, but I was in the acute hospital for two months and then five months of rehab. Did they put so, you in a halo? Um, I was not in a halo, but I was in. They called them tongs, so it was, think of like, uh, I don't know, ice picks in your head that screw in, 
And then there was like about 10 or 15 pounds of weight hanging from a pulley uh, to keep my neck straight while it healed up. Yeah. That's what they call a halo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Well, I don't know, from from what I knew. Halo is is kind of self-contained. Yeah. His was more of a traction system. Yeah, mine was just two two points. Oh, two points? Okay. Only for a short period of time, but. Good. Was it like Frankenstein with the bolts on the neck? <laughs> no, it was a little higher, but I can still feel there's holes in my skull. Oh, serious? I, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was uh, that was my introduction to spinal cord injury. I mean, before that, I didn't know anybody that had a spinal cord injury or much less a, a severe disability. Um, you know, I was just kind of thrown into it, probably like you were as well, Sean. Yeah, I mean, for me... Um Mine happened in 2000. Uh, I was 18 years old. I was driving to work. In between my freshman and sophomore year of college, I was working pipeline at the time with my grandfather. Um, and uh, I, I had a job where I walked in front of a backhoe. That was my job. I just walked and made sure that he didn't hit anything. You know, there wasn't something to hit or power lines and stuff. But uh, the job started at 5 in the morning. And what I didn't realize when I took the job was that at first it was a 10-minute drive, but every day a pipeline <laughs> gets further and further away. So then it went from 10 minutes, and then it all ended up being, you know, when I got in my auto accident, I was driving almost two hours to get to work at 5 in the morning. You never thought about pitching a tent or anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I had stayed in some hotels and stuff like that, and I'd stayed with uh, my grandfather a couple times, and their tra- they did the trailer thing, uh, you know, the one, like, fifth wheel type of things. But at the time, I had a girlfriend, too, and so it's like you, you're traveling back and forth. So you want to spend time with friends and with a girl. Yeah. I mean, you're 18 gotcha. years old. You know, what the hell do you know? Um, and then uh, I fell asleep driving to work, uh, rolled my car ejected from the driver's window, driver's window, um, smacked my head, knocked myself unconscious, broke my neck at the C5, C6. No, did you wear your, were you wearing a seatbelt? No, no, I was not. Okay. No, I was not. Because, I mean, I hear sometimes when people do wear seatbelts, I've heard them get ejected still. So. Yeah, I, I wasn't wearing one at all. Um, and I had the window down. Because I was trying to keep myself awake with the cold air, and and as I ejected out, um, like I said, I hit my head. Um, I went unconscious, concussed. Um, but it went, and when I woke up, I was in the middle of the road. You know, I'm from the Midwest, so we have big spaces in between our highways. Yeah, median medians, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. medians. You know, they're like not not like here. No, no, they're where big you ditches. can easily just <laughs> wrong way drive everybody. Right? I mean. It's been happening like crazy around here, but it, it the big medians with grass and everything. And uh, and, and when I woke up, uh, I was laying there in in the median, um, and I tried to move, and, and then I realized fairly quickly that that wasn't going to happen. And I some you know I was in I was in a lot of trouble, um, but again I had no way to get a hold of anybody or no way to do anything because I was just laying there and. Uh, it, it, it was a very surreal experience, to be honest with you. You know, I mean, I think that's something that I kind of, when we were talking about doing this, I kind of want to make sure I, I, I talk about that surreal experience for me because it, it was about forty-five minutes 
to 50 minutes before anybody came or stopped to help me. Um, and during that 45 minutes, it, it felt like months, but it was a very calming, weird state that my body put me in to allow me to, to be able to, to, I don't know, maybe not freak out or maybe not go into shock or anything of the sort. It, it was very strange. I mean, I remember just being able to see every little microscopic thing, even on the, even on like the grass, like the little dew, and you could see the dew on the grass, and you could hear everything, and everything was just so vivid and bright. And it was a very strange thing that your body can can put you into that place, even when you're in like that terrible of a position. And uh, finally, there was a guy sleeping in his truck, a uh, truck driver, not too far away. And when he got out um, to to get ready to to start on his haul, he noticed my truck over there and he was like man I gotta go check that out and he came over <laughs> and he was wearing a hat that said, uh, that said keep your attitude I got my own <laughs> you remember that huh? yeah I'm telling you I remember everything about being right being there I mean I could taste it I can still taste it to this time like that the air and everything and you know that you're, what you're describing too um, like I, I do a lot of mindfulness and I mean that seems like you're being very present to the moment. Oh, absolutely. You know, I I think that uh, my body may have released a little bit of DMT uh, at the time um, because I think that it thought that it was going to die. Yeah, the uh, body does that too. Yeah. yeah, and so like it kind of it kind of felt like I was in some kind of a, a magical trip, magical land. I don't know. It was a very strange thing, but. When that guy showed up, I was like, I started just laughing at him because his hat was so stupid. He was wearing the dumbest hat I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Keep your attitude. I got my own. I'm like, oh, jeez. How he, appropriate. Yeah. And he's <laughs> That's like, great. and then he says, and he, you get, I, hey, man, what's going on? And I was like, uh, dude, I just wrecked my car and flew out of it, and I can't move. And he goes, oh, okay. And I was like, hey, I. I have a cell phone in my truck. He goes, what's that? This is like at the wow. very beginning of cell phones. Right? Oh, dang. Did you, you have know? one of those big, like, 80s ones no, that looked I like had a, you a know, brick. military I had a Nokia brick. one. It was, it was like the very first Nokia phone. Um, it was it was Flip big. phone? No, it, was a, it, was like a, it wasn't even a flip phone. It was just like a big, I don't know, like a kind of a brick in your hand, like a, like a Hershey's candy bar. You know, that's about the size it was. The guy goes, what's that? What's a cell phone? I was like, dude, it's in my truck. It's in the middle flip thing. Just go grab it. And he didn't even know what he was looking for, but then he ended up finding it and then bringing it over, and I didn't have any service. So <laughs> he had to go back to his truck, um, and then he, he was driving for Walmart. So he radioed to his dispatcher at Walmart, who then called 911. Oh, dang. So then it ended up being something where Walmart got involved in the whole thing, too. And, you wow. know, like, what's going on? What What's happening here? Wait, one of our truckers is injured? And then it, it turned out to be some big thing. And then he ended up uh, he ended up getting some award thing somewhere, I, I think, after that, too. Uh, but then I, you know, well, I, good I got Samaritan, picked up. Right? They stole you, uh, my earrings. Did you stay in touch with him? or do you I know tried. Yeah. We tried. Uh, we, we tried to... But he was uh, he's a hard man to to keep uh, keep locations on, you know. Um, 
he, he didn't keep up very well with back and forth, you know, transmissions at the time, which were letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys know what those are. If What's a letter? But, uh, yeah. So, he, anyways, the uh, they came. The They put the thing on me, and I had two one-and-a-half-carat diamond earrings at the time. And uh, I was very... I'm very specific at what I wanted them to do with those, and they very specifically put them in their pocket. And I never saw those again, which oh, is bullshit. Geez. We got a bullshit alert. We do not we need one should. of those because that was bullshit. Yeah, that is. Uh, but then, so they take me to the hospital. I also then I had the, the I had the weight drilled into the back of my head uh, with the so they could keep they could stretch it out. And then after they did the surgery, I had that in there for a couple of days, and then they put the halo on me. Um, and I had a halo. It was in a Mary Free bed after that for – it's a rehab hospital. I was in there for around three months. Where is that? That's in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Okay. Um, I was in there for about three months, uh, and then I went home for a month and returned back to college that next month. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So that's I missed, impressive. I only missed one semester of college. Dang. That's yeah. impressive. Holy I, I I knew if I didn't get right back on that horse, that horse was gonna run away from me, man. You know, and I didn't want I didn't want that to happen. So we got we got I got right back on it. I only took one class at that semester, but it was it was a, a great way to get me back into being part of life again because it was that was a very difficult time for me because you know you go through those changes of who you were to who you are now and yeah yeah absolutely and the adjustment from you know being who you were like you said now you're in a chair and people are looking at you differently and just the fact that they're even looking at you yeah right? like you're already feeling down on yourself or different because you because you feel look different and you can't do things that you could and you're not the same person as you were is that's what you think to yourself at least you know and not to mention, at the time, you know, there's a lot of drugs involved in this in this story too. Um, you know, I mean, they they turned me into a drug addict instantly. Yeah. You know, I mean, and which, I've, heard, I've heard of that though. You know, people people go in their injury and they they get yeah. on the the painkillers. You know, and that's very addictive stuff. Yeah, I mean, it, well, you know, you don't realize how prone you are to addiction and those kind of things until you're like right in the middle of it and for me you know it started with Demerol in the hospital and once I they gave that to me I was like wow this is this is the way I want to live my life like this is great you know like this I feel awesome and then once you once that wears off you don't feel so awesome anymore um so you got to keep taking it and keep taking it and keep taking it and you know that was a good seven years of my life right there of of just numbness and dullness and no feeling and you know and I just it, it's a really strange thing and I know that that will eventually get into the opiate problems and the opiate addiction problems and and I, I can really get more into that because uh, that's a rabbit hole that could take us an hour for sure but oh yeah it might be a couple episodes for that, that yeah. one too I think we got people that we're gonna have come in for that yeah and so for me um yeah I'm a C5, C6 incomplete, I guess. 
if I if I want to round it out. I don't want I don't want to take the whole time up. <laughs> no, no it's, it's uh, that was very good actually. I I really enjoyed listening to that. Yeah, so I'm 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 paralyzed. I'm I'm in a power chair. I know Don's in a power chair too. Um, uh, I I use a power chair. I I had the ability to use a a push chair or a manual chair, I guess. Uh, but it was very inconvenient for me. Very tiring. Very inconvenient. So um, for the things that I wanted to do and get done, uh, I made the decision to use a power chair. You know, I know. For some people who might be listening and they might be early in their in their disability or early in their injury or something uh and they might have that option you know uh i personally can say that i kind of wish i would have would have stuck with the manual chair um just because i feel like it offers you a little bit more freedom uh to to, to movement and getting around uh, you can get into a cab or you know a regular car and things of the sorts like that that people can help you in different places and lift you and you know what I mean like those kind of things it's it's much different situation but I'm I'm not complaining but yeah so I I chose the power chair and 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 it's helped me out it's made me be able to achieve the goals that I've set forth in my life so you know yeah it's a trade off for sure yeah you know you have to choose your battles how much energy do you want to expend propelling your chair you know like you said the other issues as far as getting access to a, a cab or an uber or whatever and those are things you have to weigh personally and yeah. figure out what works best for you and yeah. uh, for me a power chair has given me more freedom and again i save my energy for other things but uh certainly respect other people's decision to use a manual chair absolutely yeah so you know, I, I felt I feel like it, it for me like I, it, it would have been a, a good way to be able to stay physically more active. Um, but the trade-off again, like Don was talking about, the trade-off is, was so brutal for me uh, to being in one. I was uncomfortable the whole time, and I was just tired, always just tired. After ten minutes, fifteen minutes of my day, I'm exhausted. And I'm like, man, you know, like, how am I supposed to get schoolwork done when I'm just tired all the time? So, I mean, that could have been drugs, too. Who knows? But <laughs> Well, I mean, there's some legitimacy to what you're talking about. Like, I'm in a manual chair, and I went to the Renaissance Festival the other day. And I did it once around the park. And I got to tell you, when I got home, man, I was sore. And I was exhausted. And it took me a couple of days to recover from that. It was not an easy recovery. And, you know, I stay pretty active. And how many I, years have you been pushing, Eric? <sighs> it hasn't been your whole life. No. I so I suppose I suppose I could just jump in a little yeah, bit. Huh? Yeah. So mine was a birth injury and I was born breech. I was born two months early. And I couldn't go to the bathroom. Everything was stopped up. Um, I, it, everything wasn't fully developed at that time. And back in 1969, you know, the medical community, you know, I was, I was pretty small for what the medical community could handle. And, and uh, so long story short, um, I ended up having partial paralysis of my legs, uh, limited bladder control, limited feeling, and... Uh, a lot of spasms growing up. And I learned really quickly, and my mom was very much uh, someone who uh, 
helped me to take care of myself. She really gave me a sense of independence and, uh, and I just did what I wanted to do anyways. I have one of those spirits that <laughs> once I get stubborn and down to it, I just do it. Are you are you diagnosed with spina bifida? Is that no, accurate or not? Uh, it was literally a spinal cord injury because um, I, I was born breached. They, they did all kinds of studies to try to figure out where the neurological break was. And the best they could come up with is because my hands were on the sides of my head when I came out. And I was in extended labor for about a day. Mm. And, yeah, and it's a long time. And uh, but what they thought is the pressure on the spine maybe elongated the the nerves a little bit, and then um, there may have been some some brain injury too because of my hands pushing on my my skull. And you know when you're a newborn, you're pretty squishy. So um, the other thing though, um, from experiences in my past life, I think a lot of it had to do with blood flow. Um, one of my veins in my legs uh, every once in a while will open up and I'll get a, just a wealth of feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think that is one of the contributing factors um, because my legs were purple when 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 I was born and they're, they're just like, oh my God, well, you know he's gonna have paralysis and that was it. That's what they just they just went there, you know. And um, so for a good portion of my life, I crawled around on my hands. Um, and then when I was in first grade or when I was in kindergarten, I had this little plastic six wheel cart that I, it was so loud too. It was like, it was like a little plastic ATV and that's what I used to get around. Just imagine you flying around on that thing. Oh yeah. It was so loud. It was so loud. Dungeon master coming through. (laughs) (laughs) Beep boop. Nerd alert, nerd alert, <laughs> nerd alert, <laughs> baby nerd, nerd alert. So, oh so then when I got to first grade. I uh, you were a riot. Uh, yeah, I, I did all kinds of stuff. <laughs> I you, were a riot. <laughs> you must have got picked on a lot, I bet. Uh, I, I was bullied. Uh. I was bullied. I had some fights. Um, I, was, I was extraordinarily strong for, my, for what I was. Um, my arms were very strong. Uh, growing up, um, I grew up in the country where every moment I had to bring myself around on crutches. I started in first grade on crutches, and then I did crutches most of the time. Didn't even consider the wheelchair until I had some major surgeries on my hip and my back. And then I had a spinal cord fusion, fused most of my back, um, anchored in my hips. And I had all kinds of issues with my hips and surgeries there. And, um, but I mean, how, it, it, how old were you when you finally used a, a wheelchair? Um, I was Full about time. 13 when it finally, when I finally like was, I needed to have a wheelchair cause I had a body cast on. By the way, did you know with the reclining wheelchair, if you're stuck in a mud puddle, that if you turn over in your belly and, and pop a wheelie to land on your hands, you can actually pull yourself out. <laughs> oh yeah. I discovered that. Yeah. Whoa. Didn't know. Wait what? So we need video of this. So yeah, yeah we so need you to video this first, <laughs> or it didn't happen. So we can so, post it. <laughs> so I'm in a body cast. I just like what are you talking like one of those full full joints, like where you're like yeah. you're all out, like your arms are out straight no, out like, like this. Your no, legs like, are like, like I had the cast was at my hips. Okay, oh, okay. And so it was from some just above my hips. Um, like my belly button, all the way down. One leg was completely casted. The other one was casted halfway down to the knee. 
And so I was like a board. I was just like straight uh, out the whole time. And we can recreate this. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the mud puddle probably the hard if part. If there's anybody out there who knows how to do cartoons, please contact us. <laughs> we need this to be cartoon. Okay, this needs to be cartoon for so, sure. So I'm in a reclining wheelchair and I I'm on the farm and I'm rolling around for some dang reason and. For some reason, I got attracted to a mud puddle, and I'm like, hey, I wonder if I could go through this. <laughs> and I couldn't. I couldn't. I got stuck. I got promptly stuck, and no one was around. And so I'm like, because it was chore time, so everyone's doing chores, and I'm just sitting there going, dang it, I got to figure out a way to do this. And so I figured the cast is pretty heavy, so if I turned on my belly, and then if I popped a wheelie and landed on my hands, there's a good chance that I'm not going to go flying out of this chair, and then I'll just pull myself out with my muscles, you know? And and I did. And then I was so happy. I was like a kangaroo just bouncing around, just pulling this wheelchair around the yard and going as fast as I could. And I would hang on to the back of lawnmowers and while they're mowing the lawn and let it pull me around. <laughs> I was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I did so much activity that my mom got mad at me because I got dirt down my cast. And she was like, you're going to get some serious sores. So she takes, a, so she borrowed a vacuum from the neighbor and she has this long vacuum wand and she's like shoving it down the cast and, you know, oh sucking God. all the dirt I off. Need this. Wow. I need this. I need this video. Somebody's yeah. got to recreate this. So, <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, so I was 13 when all that happened. And, uh, wow. uh, between 13 and 15, I had the back surgeries and I had a really s severe scoliosis. I had a uh, double curvature of the spine. It was about 90 degrees and they had to do it because uh, really the prediction was I wasn't going to live to be 18. Um, that's what the prediction was and that's pretty sobering when you find that out as a kid. Um, and it gives you a different view on life, that's for sure. So had the surgery. Um, I actually went through the back surgery with anesthesia only. Um, I had had some bad experiences with being painkillers. Um, I hallucinated so bad. When I was in Shriners Hospital. I had a hip surgery. I hallucinated so bad. They had my hospital bed quite high, and I was really strong. And this is when I first got my body cast on. And I literally was hallucinating. I had tunnel vision where it looked like it was a mile long down the ward. And I blacked out, and the next thing I know it, I'm on the floor. I had crawled over the bars that were pulled up and fell down to the ground and was sitting on the cold floor in my cast. So that yeah. was a very, that woke me up quite a bit. Um, my hallucinations stopped and I was like yelling for the nurse. And by that time, everyone in the ward was yelling for the nurse to get over because I had fallen out or not fallen out, but muscle Those are very yeah. common. Yeah. I can, I, I've had. I had quite a few of them too. I know. You did, okay. It, it, I used to, I used to he, think that I, my hospital room was right next to the train station, and then I used, I used to hear trains horn, there's really? train horns all the time. And I remember one day I, I, I just pop up. I kind of passed out because I just got my my hit of Demerol, and so I kind of you know it was not now. And I wake up, and I scream to my dad. I hate that goddamn train. My dad's like, I'm sick of you talking about the goddamn trains. There's no trains. 
And so we're just sitting there arguing back and forth with each other in this hospital room. Ladies are coming in. They're like, what's going on? And I'm like, tell this man that there's trains. And he's like, no, you tell this kid there's no trains. And this lady's like, oh. And she just walked out of the room. She's like, I'll let you guys handle that. But eventually, I finally figured out that there was no there trains. There are no trains. No. <laughs> so for like three weeks, I had, I had thought that I was right next to a train station. And, and then it, everybody kept asking me why I kept asking them, like, hey, you know, I wonder train? where those trains are going. Like, what are they doing? Those? And then people would be like, okay, man, cool, whatever, bro. You know, my friends. But, yeah, I used to have those. And then one day I had one. Uh, I thought the house was on fire. And I, so I rolled out of my bed. And I was army crawling across the carpet to try to get oh, wow. to the stairs. And then when my mom found me, my whole front half, I mean, I, I was bleeding everywhere. Oh, yeah. The whole carpet was covered with rug, blood. Rug burns. Yeah, rug burn everywhere. Yeah. My underwear were back like 30 feet. <laughs> and I was just butt naked, just <laughs> army crawling through the carpet. Again, we need My mom's it. white carpet. <laughs> We can it reenact this. Pure blood. She's like, what well, This can be reenacted yeah. oh, or animated. Yeah. Again, yeah. anybody out there that's a good artist. Yeah. You know, once we, if we, if we do <laughs> uh, determine that we're going to go video, maybe I'll give it a shot and show you guys what it looks like. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. And yeah, so. yeah, the, the, but those are real. Yeah, that's that's a real thing. You're right. Yeah, the hallucinations yeah. are real. So <laughs> the struggle is real for sure. Right. <laughs> so I went through the my spinal. Uh, I went. I had two major, major surgeries in, on my spine, and uh, yeah. So, anyways, I had two major surgeries on my spine and uh, didn't have any painkillers. And it was then I started to learn how to meditate. But I, I learned how to take my mind and move it out of my body, and I just. I figured out how to do that, but man, it was tough. It was tough. And then uh, after that, everything got better. Everything got better. I joined a swim team. I started swimming. You became the Highlander, and and then everything. There can be only one. <laughs> you became the Highlander and uh, and and master of all Dungeons and Dragons. Right. Yep. <laughs> the the end. Nerd. <laughs> nerd alert. Nerd the, alert. The end of nerd Eric's alert. story. Nerd alert. <laughs> and, then, and then it That's became it. normal. You know, I went to college, and then I just. There's more stuff I'll talk about later, but that's sure. basically my origin story. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, and and once I went to college is when you really start embracing the wheelchair. Though socially, I became much more active in a wheelchair. Uh, crutches was just too much work for me. It was just it was yeah. way too much concentration. I was constantly falling. It wasn't it wasn't fun. Um, it at the time I I think yeah it was necessary. You know, it helped me build up my upper body. But other than that, I don't know why I was doing crutches so How much. are you on the dance floor in that chair? I used to break dance yeah. back in the day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little yeah. head spinning. Yeah. Spinning oh, yeah. Pop and lock. I used to, yep. I used All to do right. some 360s right. and, and uh, you know, on two wheels and spin around and put people in my lap. Oh, I got a story for that, but I'll leave it for later. <laughs> well, um, yes. Very we intriguing. that story at yes. some point. But, uh. I tell you, out of your story, I, one thing I I would love is if for you to go back to that doctor that said you were only going to live to be 18 and just give him the big X. Suck it. You know what I mean? Uh, you know. 50. 50. 
50. You know what I mean? You know, I, it, it, it created a unique perspective that I'm actually, I appreciate because, you know, I, I've talked to people who are getting older and they're birthday and it's like, oh my God, I'm turning this and I'm turning that and oh, I feel so old. And I, I'm just like, look, I made it to 50. I mean, right. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Yeah, winning every I, turn. I, I didn't winning expect every year. to last this long. <laughs> You're winning every year. Yeah, I'm, I'm past the curve, baby. You know, yeah. it's, it's, I'm winning. So it's, every year is a blessing for me. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, in some ways, uh, those people that tell us that we can't do something are kind of a blessing yeah. because, you know, we all find a way to s- show them and screw you. Yeah, you know, I gave them. Tell me I can't do something and watch me do it. I had my know. moment. Yeah. I had my I think ha, yeah. suck it, dude moment. When I went back to the doctor that I first seen, he said, told my mom that I would never be able to do anything or I'd just be sitting at home and doing nothing for the rest of my life. And I went back to that guy and gave him the old... Yeah, yeah, as he should. The old one too, you know. <laughs> what was his response? I'm just curious. Was Nothing. he speechless? Not really. He didn't really care. Yeah. See, I think it's a liability to be thing. Honest with you. I honestly think they do that for liability. I yeah. really do. I mean, I think he was happy for me that I was happy to do that to him. <laughs> I was happy to tell him. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. He I'm, was just a jerk. Yeah. Couldn't really Most understand likely. him anyways. Yeah. <laughs> One of those real compassionate doctors I get. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We, uh, we, we, uh, we're running short on time, so we're going to move right to uh, questions. I think we'll probably only take uh, maybe one of, of these. I think that's about all we got time for. So uh, Let me bring her in. It's Nina time. Hi, everybody. All right. I got a fantastic question for you from Victoria Wilkinson. She says, I'm going for my first urodynamics test to see if I can qualify for bladder Botox. Do you have any experience with either of these? Uh, I, I, does anybody, I, am I the only one in the room who has Botox shots? Has done Botox shots? Yeah, I've never done them. No, yeah. I've, not, I've had urodynamic tests. But so I you can, I'll let you talk about the urodynamics test if you want Well, to. mine were so long ago. I mean, I barely remember it. Uh, I just know that um, I kept telling them that if they fill my bladder too much, I'm going to have autonomic dysreflexia. And they didn't seem to understand that. And sure enough, they filled me up and I went into AD and um, was not happy. So, um, I mean, it's, it's kind of what they have to do, though. Um, it, it's kind of, un, it's sadly enough, they have to do it because they, they have to check the pressures of, of your bladder to be able to see what you can hold and what you can't. And, and how the muscles in your bladder are, are either working or not working. Um, I, I had them. I've had a couple of them. Um, I had autonomic dysreflexia at every one of them as well. Um, but it's it, it's for a good thing. And I, I do Botox injections in my bladder. I do uh, 100 units of Botox. I believe it's 100 units of Botox. Um, and I get them done every three to four months in my in my bladder and it has made a huge difference i i have a uh indwelling suprapubic catheter so and i also have spared feeling in my bladder again sick joke played on me right Mm. um so i can feel the uh the balloon in there and the catheter in my bladder so ever since i started getting the botox um i 
I no longer can really feel that very as much. Oh, so that's a blessing. Yeah, which is good, which is really good. And it also takes away any of the uh, the spasticity in there. Um, I, I also had a very spastic bladder. Um, it would squeeze on that balloon all the time. It would be very painful, very, very painful. Did so. you start out with a super pubic? No. Nope. Right okay. No, I started I started with straight casts. Okay. And I did that. I was actually straight cast, straight cast for five or six years before I before I switched to the super pubic because of independent independence reasons. You know, I mean, I wanted to be able to go do stuff, and I couldn't cast myself, so I uh, switched over to that. But the Botox shots have been a blessing. What was her name again? Victoria Wilkinson. Victoria, um, I know. When I read through there, I know you were worried about this, uh, worried about having the Eurodynamics, and you're also worried about the Botox. Um, I would say the Eurodynamics are probably going to be a little uncomfortable, but it's only for a short period of time. You'll be able to get past that. So don't be scared of it because the Botox shots could really, uh, really do great things for you. Um, you know, you just got to make sure you get them done by the right people. Um, at, at the right hospitals because, uh, you know, they are doing surgery so that can lead you to, you know, different. How often do you do the Botox? Three to, every three to four months. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think you can do them every, th- every, uh, every 90 days, like 70 to 90 and that's days. an outpatient procedure? Yeah, I go in. I get put under because I uh, – I, I, I do have, like I said, I, I have spared feeling in there, and I get autonomic dysreflexia really quickly with anything to do with my bladder. So um, my urologist, I actually traveled down to Tucson because she's so good. Um, so she, they put me under for, I don't know, 10 minutes, you know, whatever, um, you know, just, and then they go in there and do the shots, and then afterwards come out feeling, feeling pretty good, you know. I mean, there's no... There's not really any like uh, I don't I don't know side effects to it or anything that I've had, um, only except for the fact that like you got to stay consistent on your three to four months. Don't go six. Oh, I was then, just gonna ask. Yeah, that. you know what I mean. Like, cause cause then the feeling will come back, and then when you when you go when you have none, when you have pain relief, and then the pain comes back, it like it feels like the pain's ten times worse. So oh. I would say if I were you, just if you're gonna do it. Try it out. See if you like it. If it, if it helps you, um, for some people, it it'll help them hold more urine as well too. If they do straight calves and stuff of the sort, so um, and it'll also help with incontinence like quite a bit. So I would say check it out. Do it. Don't be scared. Um, I think you'll be okay. Everything's gonna be all right. And uh, good luck to you. How long have you been getting yours done for? Um. Three years, two years, two, two years now. And you feel like it works the same amount each time, mm-hmm. like it hasn't decreased? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's. I think it works fantastic every time I get out. Like, I, I look forward to getting it because when I get towards the end of uh, the, the three months, working towards three to four, like, you got to try to make the, the appointment. Sometimes you can get to that four, four months in a week or so, and you can start feeling it again. You want to get those babies in there because, you know. It's really is. It really was. A, it is a relief. It's a good thing. I, I'm. I'm glad I found it, and I'm glad I do it. I'm glad I use it. Cool. I've heard good things about um, yeah. about Botox. Actually. They use them in multiple different ways. I know a lot of people who have really tight muscles and stuff like that with uh, MS and and CP yep. and yep. all those type of things. You, you can get them in that too, and it'll uh, relieve some of that. They use it for spasticity in a lot of different ways too. So. 
And, you know, if you got a little extra, you just put something in your eye, right on your eye, corner of your there eye, you and give her the crow's feet, you know? <laughs> Looking smooth. <laughs> gotta, you know? Right. Keep that Hollywood face going. Right. So. Get those delicious lips going. Yeah. Yeah. So, I... I say, I say, I'm all for it. I'm, I'm a huge proponent for it. I've, uh, I've put several other people onto it, and uh, they get it done, and all that, and they love it too. So, good for you. Okay. What else we got? You want another question? We got time. We got. I mean, I will do one. We got one more. Yeah. Let's just go. Let's just go through it. Yeah. All right. We're at. All right, Jesse Lee Rumpel, has anyone gotten cortisone shots for bursitis or pain injury in their shoulders? I have. I used to get a lot of cortisone shots in my neck and my shoulders, uh, but I stopped doing it because uh, that that stuff can really build up in your muscles and in, in your, around those areas and actually cause more inflammation. Um, I, I did get relief from my pain, uh, but sometimes relief from pain is not always the best idea because then you push through things or you work muscles that mm-hmm. your body is sending you natural pain signals because it doesn't want you to use that anymore. It's telling you that you overused it. It's inflamed. Please stop. And so with me, I would get the cortisone shots, and then I would just power. i just keep doing crazy shit and you know what I mean working out and doing all this other stuff and then I'd end up tearing muscles or hurting things so um, I personally don't recommend them but again like we said before we are not medical professionals um, I, you know I stopped doing them um, I went even went to uh, more holistic ways where they did different uh, types of holistic shots uh, as, as opposed to cortisone because cortisone is is actually you know fairly damaging drug steroid yeah and it's yeah. a steroid and it's it's you know it's a difficult thing you know one of the things i can talk to on this is uh i yeah i don't like taking that stuff i mean for me it's just it's really a choice you know um and uh i've sp- i've sprained my wrist so many times i can't even tell you um one of the things though that i did is i injured my shoulder back in the day uh, from swimming and uh that had been a constant bother for me. And I, I like to meditate. I mean, I've been doing it for over 20 years now. And uh, I found an acupuncturist to work with that's really good here in the Valley. And um, we were able to remap it. And I went from having constant pain every day in my shoulder to I don't have any pain anymore. Um, it took about a year to get it remapped. But, you know, as an alternative... I mean, it's the best that it could have been. What happened at first is, at first it went numb. And then every once in a while I have little shooting pains. And then after that, it it just, it's like like the memory of it would bring it back once in a while. But then after that, even talking about it, like talking about now sometimes would bring it back. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't even bring it back anymore. Like the last couple months, I haven't noticed anything. So, I mean, there's some validity to this because i had had that injury for years i mean it was something i had to be concerned with there's there's multiple other different avenues that you could try to go down um and try that and eric this is what i would say to you i would try so i would try all exhaust all options before you move to 
something heavy and steroid of, of something of the sort. Like, try everything else. You know, you use cupping. There's all different things. You, I mean, there's so many different, different meditation, for those things. Hypnosis, yeah. massage. Yeah. Alternative medicine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. we yeah. still got to get that hematist in, don't yeah, we? Wanna, yeah, uh, Don's dying. He uh, can't yeah. wait for it. You know, uh, when I do get a hypnotist in, people, so we're, we're definitely going to put in the episode that you <laughs> do not listen to this while driving. <laughs> because, because maybe we can get the hypnotist to actually do it on. Uh, on someone here or all of us or you know whatever yeah that'd be cool that'd be cool I, w- I would like it I, I think want, it'd be fun I want someone to crow like a chicken seriously yeah. we got one more you want to do one more alright last question here Selena Utter anyone know of any foundations or groups that give grants for equipment These, this is a right up your two alleys here this is not me well not my alley yeah I mean if it's if it's sports equipment um, there are uh, you know what? Really, I mean, call get a hold of azspinal.org and call the number to the to the place. Um, I can that f- number is 602-507-4209, by the way, and that is azspinal.org. Yep. So I would I would follow up and and either visit the website or or call. Um, we do have a lot of resources on that website. The um, and if you call and you talk to me, um, what what I'll do is I'll I'll track some people down and see what I can find out. Because if it's sports equipment, I know you have to be playing the sport for at least a year before you can qualify for a grant. But there is a grant out there. I just don't know what it is right now. Um, and then for equipment, um, I, I know people that do GoFundMe, you know, do stuff like that too for equipment. So. You know, there there are ways to make it work. And we get donations, too, yeah, by the way. That's what I mean. A lot of times you could look at used, look for used equipment, too, you yep. know. I mean, uh, there's a lot. Of, I know I've given at least three. Or this is, yeah, I've given. This is my fourth chair, so I've given three chairs away. Yep. We know? also have uh, Paralyzed Veterans of America. Um, they don't just serve veterans. Um, they will, you know, you can get chairs from them even if you're not a vet. So mm-hmm. that's something to consider as well. And then um, your Center for Independent Living, sometimes they'll have, um, they have places all over the United States, and they um, have donation lockers. Um, yeah. Here in Phoenix, Ability360 has a number of sports uh, chairs that you can come and try out, you know, see if you like a sport, or I don't know the specific of, of what she's looking for, or the, the question, but uh, yeah, there's opportunities to try equipment before, and then... Um, you know, sometimes things are donated or available, used at a, at a reduced price. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely contact us and we can figure out something. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you can always send us send us what you're looking for. Or maybe we'd be able to search it and find it and track it down for you, too. You yeah. I mean, it, who yeah. knows? I mean, there's a number of foundations out there yeah. we could have looked up, but I didn't know the question. But, yeah, they're out there. So yeah. I think we'll, that yeah, we'll your, be, your best best to Google search that one too you know i mean really whatever your area is too i mean i think a lot of these things are, are more of, of, of a local situation so well the center for independent living they have a i think it's cil.org or something like that and uh they have they have a united states map mapping system you just put in your location and it tells you you know where the where the donated equipment is located and stuff like that. Right there. So. Center for Independent Living. Yeah. I helped someone uh, in Florida, actually, that way. So, And I'm here in Arizona, and I just started communicating with people and saying, hey, this is what my need is. You guys got anything? And, yeah. 
There you go. Look, I thought I thought I thought today was a great show. Um, I I really appreciate you guys opening up with your stories. I know that's not the easiest thing to do all the time, you know, to 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 hash back to what could have been the worst experiences of our lives. I mean, all I remember is a bright light. No, I actually not because I was facing the wrong way. Sorry about that. <laughs> so it was pretty dark the whole way. <laughs> Look, that's what I mean. You got you got you got to be able to see the, see the humor and. And all these things. Too, right? yeah, I started yeah. out mooning everyone, so I'm fine yeah, with right? this. You came out just showing your ass. That's huh? right. Yeah, I was just like, hey, <laughs> look what I got. Still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought I, I thought that was great. Um, thanks, Don. Thanks, Eric, for sharing your story. Yeah, thank um, you. Yeah. And uh, thanks for the the questions that the people sent in. And, Send uh, more questions. Yeah. Thanks for the news. Those were good news stories. I thought those. Uh, thought those were good i thought those were good topics and we'll be back in two weeks we'll have another one dropping in two weeks yep yep there's so, one today yeah we just dropped one today um and uh, we're gonna try to do every two weeks over the summer it might be kind of harsh because we got people going on vacation sure. maybe we can get some interviews during that time too yeah you that'd know? be good and um, i'll be out of town for quite a while yeah you're gonna be gone for like a month right mm, two two months oh yeah so yeah we may have to try to fill your shoes um with good luck yeah i know right that's gonna be (laughs) no way good luck so on that venture we may need some pointers on that (laughs) because i don't know if i can talk straight for an hour (laughs) yeah um what else so yeah oh yeah like again uh please find us on youtube youtube that's podriplegic P O D R I P L E G I C. That's it. Podriplegic. Check us out on there. Please hit subscribe. Uh, leave a comment. I mean, if you have a question or anything like that, you can hit it right there on the comment page. You know, I just thought about this. If they're listening to this, they have found us. Right. (laughs) Maybe somewhere. Right. But yeah. But yeah. I mean, we're in many different mediums. I was wondering about that. I'm like, you know. Spotify, <laughs> iTunes. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to do like a blast or something you know, on Podbean, Facebook. dot yeah. org forward slash podcast. I mean, you can find us at multiple different places. Um, yeah, I think YouTube's probably the better one to be able to leave your comments and all that stuff like that, to where we'd be able to uh, access them and and be able to try to help you out or at least talk to you about our experiences through some of the stuff that you've been through or maybe are going through or are about to go through. You know, just as an idea, as an afterthought, we should get caregivers or family members too. Yeah. Well, look, and we're, we're, <coughs> we're more than happy to take those questions too from any of those. I mean, you yeah. know, we're, yeah. we're, we're very uh, qualified to answer those questions. Um, you know, I mean, I, that's what I do for a living. So I just deal with <laughs> nurses and caregivers. So, <laughs> Oh, I, I don't know if everyone knows that. Yeah. Uh, that's, rollonrehab.com if you want to check that out that's my company um, we provide nurses and aides to disabled individuals um, I I usually try to stick mostly with spinal cord injuries and people of higher levels of spinal cord injuries of the sort uh, but anyways yeah so if you're in the valley and you need some help reach out I'll do what I can see what I can do other than that Don parting words Life is grand, man. Let's go out there and keep on kicking it. Yeah. Let's uh, 
Make your life happen, people. Make your life happen. Fuck it. Live it. Let's go. Peace. Out.